Hello and welcome to Rise and Thrive, the podcast where we learn to thrive no matter what kind of challenges or difficulties that life throws our way. I'm Erin Warhol and I'm here with my friend and my mentor, Mary Hayes Greco. So good to be with you again. Yes. Well, I'm delighted about this episode, Mary. We are kind of moving into the cornerstone of some of your best work and I'm really thrilled that we're sharing this with all of our listeners. And so today we're talking about the surprising way to heal anger and resentment. <laughs> it's got to be something we figure out at some point in our life is like, because we're all going to be there. We all are. And it's going to cost us or people around us if we don't know how to um, handle uh, our anger in a healthy way. Yeah, and I say surprising because I think it is a real, it's not the first thing you'd think of when you're feeling anger or resentment. And Mary, you have really uh, discovered something that has that you've been doing in your work with people for, for decades, and you've helped thousands of people figure out how to deal with their anger, their disappointment, their resentment in this surprising way. And so today we're really just going to focus on that and mm-hmm. have you share that with us in more depth. Yeah, because anger is the big one. You know, some people say that our society, our world, is our human world is, is kind of in its adolescence in mm-hmm. a way that we're, we're, there's just so many basic ways of, of living in a conscious, mature way that m- most of us don't get. Mm. We don't get it yet. Mm-hmm. And we have so much evidence of the uh, toxic uh, expressions of anger all around us yes. in the culture all the time. We have people having road rage and we have just a lot of really bitter, nasty stuff in the media. And we have people blowing up and and having fights and at soccer games. <laughs> yeah. So that's one end of the spectrum is like, well, I've got anger, so bleh, let me just <laughs> spew it out on all of you. Okay, that's not so good. Um, and then we have the other end of the spectrum where it's like, you know, it's a sin to be angry. You shouldn't be angry. Right. You've got to be nice. Yeah. You've got to keep it in. You've got to put that, put that down, pack it away, or not acknowledge it in some way. And I've learned that there's a very nice healthy middle way around yeah. anger and the key to it is uh is held in the idea of forgiveness as well as the idea of boundaries and the idea of knowing who you are and in this world and what you will and will not have in your space and what uh causes you to have healthy anger or unhealthy anger and how to deal with it Okay, so you are talking about sort of the, I mean, it's a secret to finding peace and joy. And that is this, this surprising way you've just said is forgiveness. So let's start it's out forgiveness, with... forgiveness, and it's the F word for a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people don't want to embrace the, uh, the tool and the consciousness of forgiveness because they're afraid it means, well, I don't get to be angry and I need to be angry yeah. about this because this is unjust and this is wrong and, and I don't want to be forgiving that person because it's important that I'm angry. And that's all true. Mm-hmm. But I like to say that anger is a doorway, mm-hmm. not a house. Mm. It's a doorway we walk through to reclaim our power and to set situations straight and to heal from the inside out. 
Um, but it's not a place to stay and live in over and over, week after week, year after year. We can't be revving this anger inside us because it's it's hard on us. Yeah, it's hard on us. Yeah. So where's okay. out our parts? Well, let's start out with you. What? How do you define? You have what you call a new definition of forgiveness. So let's start right there. What is it that? What is this new definition? Okay. So the experience of forgiveness is the refreshing experience of releasing an expectation that's been causing us to suffer. So it's the moment in which you feel a weight drop away from you. It's literally mm-hmm. the feeling of like, wow, I just lost five pounds. Mm-hmm. I've been carrying it in my heart. I've been carrying it in my head. I've just lost weight uh, that I've been carrying around. Or I have just uh, shed a piece of static that's been cluttering up my space. And I have just brought into my my space a refreshing uh, sense of, oh, this is the real me. Oh, mm. no, here I am. I'm back. Oh, and why is that? That's because we've connected with our higher power, our higher self, our soul. In the process of forgiveness, you reconnect with that essential spiritual self. So it's a, forgiveness is an experience. It's an attitude. It's a tool. It's all of those things. And uh, I'm in the business of helping people understand this new definition where it's really about letting go of expectations. It's not about uh, accepting things that are wrong or excusing things that are wrong. So let's just say a little bit more here about the expectations because that is really a key point that you make. So where do these expectations, maybe in the example you just gave, where do these expectations come from and why is letting go of them the key to feeling better? Hmm. Well, um, largely they come from society. They come Mm -hmm. from what we consider normal, healthy, grown-up, decent behavior. They come from the expectation that all children have is that they're going to be loved and protected and we're not always. And they come from just expectations of, of what's right and civil. Now, just recently, you and I witnessed a woman um, breaking through uh, a piece of anger. It's something that was really wrong. Right. We watched her do a forgiveness piece around uh, the hacker that had just stolen her identity last yeah. week. And, um, you know, they got into her stuff and they took her identity. They opened up new credit cards with her name. They took her her private writing and shared files of the book she was writing with random people. They were they, they took everything that they needed to, to really kind of cause great havoc in her life and try to make some money off of her. And she, of course, was mad. Of course she was mad. That was well, wrong. That was terribly yeah. wrong. So I just want to say, because that was really fascinating. I learned so much at this recent workshop watching her go through letting go of these expectations, this this recipe. But what I noticed is when she first came in, she was more despaired. I mean, she was kind mm. of, her energy was low. She was and, slumped. Yeah. And she was and feeling she was like, really, oh. really uh, defeated yeah. and scared and vulnerable and kind of like someone had just, you know beat her up and left yeah. her by the side of the road. She she was in a really hard place. And she had been mad for this is maybe like four or five days worth of yeah. experience. She'd been mad for day and night. She wasn't sleeping that well. She wasn't feeling safe. She was feeling constantly worried about, oh, no, yet yeah. another credit card has been opened up in my name. Yeah. Oh, no, alarmed. So, of course, 
in forgiveness, we're not excusing that. We're not right. saying, well, you know, some people hack. We're not saying that. <laughs> no, that's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay that anyone hacks someone else's right. private life yeah. and, and uses their resources illegally. That's not okay. It's wrong. Right. Um, and she's not saying, I'm going to allow that again. She's not saying that. She's yeah. doing you know everything she can to get her boundaries back intact. But what really helped her in our group was to do the eight steps of forgiveness in which we had an empty chair in front of us. She pictured this mystery hacker sitting there and she, she did her step one decision that, you know what, this is, this is really wrong and upsetting, but I'm going to let go of this big piece of feelings so mm-hmm. that I can move on and deal with it as well as I can. Step one. Step two, she let him have it. And you saw her do her anger. You saw her do her rage at this invisible person. Which I want to just say that was, I was really taken aback by that because like I said, she came in and she was more in despair. She, she said, I feel violated. And, And when people are violated, they often, we don't know why they do this. We all do this, but when we're violated, somehow we blame ourselves. Yeah. And we think, um, maybe I did something wrong, yeah. or maybe this bad things are happening to me because I'm not such a great person. I mean, we, we do this irrational kind of blaming ourselves, I think, because we just hate the loss of control right. that happens right. when we're violated. We hate it so much that we try and pretend we had some control and blame ourselves. Oh, so yes. anyway, she was kind of doing some of that stuff, too. But then she got into but it. <laughs> she, she knows her stuff because she has been uh, to a few, few workshops of yeah. mine, so... We plunked her down in the chair, and she looked at that empty chair in front of her, and she leaned in, and she began really yelling at the yeah. top of her lungs. Yeah, and that, you know, that was amazing because I, she just, she had all this energy, all of this heat, fiery. Around. She just let it happen, and I was thinking, gosh, that was in her. That was you know, in her. It was, was keeping her, her awake at yeah. night. That was making her stomach upset. Yeah. That was making her snap at her husband for yeah. who wasn't doing anything wrong. When you have that much anger inside you roiling around, it's beating you up and it's beating the people around you up. And it has to come out because anger is a function of the psyche that is uh, it's adrenaline-based. And it, it's trying to get us to set something right. Mm. To to set an injustice right, or to put a boundary back, or to say no, or stop to something that's wrong. Yeah. And so, if you don't get a chance to do it, you're just revving. You're just laying yeah. there trying to sleep, and you're revving. And that's what had happened to her. But because uh, she has learned how to forgive through a couple of workshops, she knew just what to do, and yeah. she she, she let it. She went to town. <laughs> she just let that guy have it, in you know the invisible. T- guy in the chair have it and so she was yelling at the top of her lungs and pointing and swearing and and stomping and i had her get up and just take a stance you know and and like claw and punch yeah. at this at this person and and roar yeah. you know <laughs> which i great. had her do in a whisper because we were in a retreat center yeah. <laughs> okay roar roar at this person but you could have to whisper here because we, we have we have buddhists upstairs so you know so she went, yeah. I hate you, don't you ever again, yeah. et cetera. She got it out. We moved on through, and she got to the end of it. And, of course, there's stuff she has to do to right. um, practically stuff. to rectify yeah. this incident in her life. But she's not going to lose sleep anymore, yeah. nor will she blame herself. She had a good cry in the middle of this about how hurt she is that anyone wants to be so mean yeah. to another person, yeah. that any person would want to be so such a... A pain and trouble to another innocent human being that really you know the child part of her was crying about feeling yeah. hurt that people could be mean as she was doing that she was really honoring that 
emotional truth, right? right. We, and we were all kind of witnessing it and kind of saying, you know, here's a space where you can do this. Right. Yeah. And the whole thing probably took, what did we say? It was less than an hour. It was like half hour. It was a half yeah. an hour. But here she had this thing happen that had cost her many hours yeah. during the prior week. And my guess is that today she's not obsessing about it. She may be going back to writing her book and... You know, right. getting her she, firewalls uh, spiffed up and yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, doing all that practical, real world stuff. But at the end of that, too, I because I was in a, I was talking to her afterwards. She was bright. She was. She was back. bright. Like yeah. The, you know, she was laughing. Yeah, and that was sort of amazing. So, talk a little bit about what you've seen because you've done this with people for so many years. So they they get taken on this path with you to this surprising way of getting right. rid of all they this stuff. They go on this little journey, which sometimes yeah. takes forty five minutes. Yeah. On average, although if you're dealing with something really huge, you know, like a divorce or, a, a, you know, an assault or a parental, you know big things that you might be on this journey, you know, for a little while, but not forever, mm-hmm. you know, a couple months, mm-hmm. some yeah. sessions, some session, handful of sessions and you're done. You're through, you're out, you're on, you're not doing uh, psychotherapy, talk therapy for two and a half years, right? going through every story and just talking. So what I have seen is I have seen the transformation of people's, uh, of their personality as you look at them before and after you see their posture change you see yeah. their 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 skin tone change you see their their light come back in in their eyes and uh you see them starting to laugh and look forward to something else besides oh, i'm not done with this story anymore right i once worked with a man who was very moving he had experienced a tragedy Uh, many years before, where his six-year-old son had died suddenly Mm -hmm. in a freak home accident, Mm. home construction accident. And the man, I mean, we watched the boy get hurt, you know, right in front of him, and he watched him bleed out right in front of him. And he, this man's life was stopped. He, He was stopped for 10 years, at least. He'd gone to some grief groups. He'd gone to therapy. But you could see this pall of tragedy hanging over him. And we did this amazing piece of forgiveness work and to me it was amazing because I realized that the key here was anger that he what he had never gotten to to heal this was that he was angry at the little boy Mm. for dying for leaving him Mm -hmm. he was angry at the little boy the six-year-old whose fault it wasn't of course for depriving him of the joy of watching him grow up and going Mm -hmm. fishing together and attending his graduations and his wedding and grandchildren and all these expectations these were expectations he had in his heart because he had this son that he had to let go of and the one key thing was he had never faced into this irrational of course but this piece of anger at the son for leaving leaving Mm. him through death and when we got there this man's whole posture changed he's a very tall thin man and he had been kind of hunched over like a droopy tree you know like just droopy forever well at least since that had happened and um and during the course of this process he stood up like his spine straightened up his head came up and we realized he hadn't he hadn't stood straight the whole time we'd known him at Mm. this week-long retreat that i was at and he said wow my eyes are looking at the horizon my eyes have been looking at the ground for 10 wow. years, and now they're looking at the horizon. Wow. And this was permanent. I saw yeah. him again in the future, and his whole posture had changed. He was now looking at the horizon. Well, and he maybe didn't even consciously know that he was carrying that 
that he, he didn't feelings consciously want to know that he was angry at his yeah. son. I mean, of course, his his son was not doing that on purpose. Yeah. But when we often get angry when people die, mm-hmm. we feel angry, we feel left. Yeah, we feel abandoned. We feel like they didn't try hard enough, or yeah. whatever. You know, it's irrational. It's yeah. not. It's just not rational at all. But it's, but it's a feeling that people have sometimes when we lose somebody. Well, and so this. I mean, this this uh, secret, this surprising way to 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 deal with this stuff, this forgiveness work. It it is a real game changer. That's mm-hmm. what I see. That's what I call it. And it. It takes something really oppressive and heavy and transforms it. Um, and yet, and it requires that you're willing to go there. Yeah, you, okay. you need to you need to be willing to go there, and you need to know that you're not going to stay there forever. Right. It's it's really a process. It's just it's a very um, well trodden path at this point, where I've seen thousands of people go there into a pot of pain, yeah. anger or grief or whatever that they're afraid is infinite, that yeah. it'll never, they'll never get over it. But actually, when they went there, it was 20 minutes with you know the loving attention and the skill of being guided. They got all the way through it. And, and it's permanent. It's a permanent change. And so you, you know this, Mary, because you've helped so many people, but you also know this in your own life. I mean, mm-hmm. this, your credibility around this is that you also have healed your own life. Well, I've been mad, Aaron Warhol. I'll <laughs> tell you that. I've been really mad. Yeah. I've been mad for a long time about numbers of things. And yeah. I, I learned back in my first forgiveness workshop with my men- mentor in 1986 that uh, – there's a cost to that. There's a cost to holding on to the mad. There's a cost to living in the house of anger. Yeah. And as I explored this and I, I healed my old issues and went through the doorway of really truly visiting my my emotional truths but then letting go of them through this yeah. method of forgiveness, um, I've learned to not live in the house of anger yeah. but just to walk through the door. And, you know, I mean, we all can wonder, you can wonder, what would my life be like had I not discovered this had I not found my way into learning about how to let go of these expectations that are cause that cause suffering oh I think I would have died of cancer long ago (laughs) (laughs) there's increasing evidence that there's a a lot of correlation between uh stubbornly held resentments and cancer there's Mm. a lot of medical studies coming out Mm. and uh the chief surgeon of the American Cancer Care Center has said he is absolutely convinced that there is a connection many times between long-held resentments and certain cancers. And he wishes that forgiveness would be one of the interventions that was commonly entertained with wow. cancer treatment. Yeah, That's amazing. I well, know. So how, how do you know if something is a forgiveness issue? Uh, you can't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You uh, dislike somebody or something uh, intensely and you can't quite get off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I noticed it with uh, somebody I needed to forgive who I I just found myself telling the story too many times. Mm-hmm. Telling the story too many and Or if his name was mentioned, I just couldn't help but wade in and say something snappy or mean or snarky. You know, snarky, snarky, mm-hmm. exactly. There's a snark factor if you're carrying <laughs> resentment. Yeah. And, you know, I think snark is kind of like our attempt at getting some power back and yeah. you know trying to trying to rise above it by naming it um that way but it doesn't really heal us mm-hmm. so i think we really have to know that 
in our minds, in our opinions and our value systems, I judge this thing as wrong. I do. I judge this behavior as wrong. I judge this person's character as uh, flawed in a bat, in a destructive way to others. I have these judgments, but I don't want to be holding on to these judgments tightly inside mm-hmm. myself, or I am less open to life at large. Because yeah. life is full of people and things that aren't our favorite. Yeah. But we are not going to be you know, enjoying the dance of life with our favorite people and things if we're spending too much energy resisting and judging the things that, and people we don't like. So you advise starting small because this is really a way of life. This isn't just, oh, it's, I got my one issue. Right. It's, it's a path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a path of consciousness, a path of healing. And if if this is a new concept to somebody, if this is a new idea that, you know, this is a surprising great way to to, to solve these to problems. To deal with anger. To deal mm-hmm. with anger and resentment. What would you want them to know about the positive effects? Like what would what would they if they if they actually went there, if they go through listen to our other podcasts, listen to you, to you helping guide people through all the steps, maybe they they get a notebook and they or your book and they learn how to do it themselves. But what what would they get out of that? What's the payoff? Just uh, lower stress, clearer mind, mm-hmm. better relationships, uh, more joy, more fun. Yeah. Uh, more, more just being here and now and seeing what's good in life. That's going to happen. All that's going to happen. Excellent. If you go, yeah. And you guarantee it, don't you, Mary? I guarantee it. Absolutely. <laughs> guaranteed. And I suggest that people start by kind of uh, experimenting with this reframe in daily life in terms of loosening up on expectations and seeing mm. how it helps mm-hmm. you suffer less. And then do some little self-education. Get the book and, and travel through it. And Your book, Unconditional Forgiveness. Unconditional Forgiveness, a simple and proven method to forgive everyone and everything. That's excellent. Yes, easy to get that. And study up and practice it on Saturday morning uh, with your uh phone turned off in your private time on something small and you got something bigger then come to beautiful minneapolis st paul and attend a workshop here or bring us over there to where where you are and um you'll get to experience what a sparkling relief forgiveness is it is it's a sparkling relief it's a sparkling relief i love that and i my question about how do you know if something's a forgiveness issue is kind of a trick question because as i'm learning everything is a forgiveness issue (laughs) (laughs) well you do get kind of like you know yeah it does it does give you a filter you start looking through all the time oh i see oh which is really hopeful it's really like okay i don't have to just be plowed over by life circumstances i can get up and i can rise and i can thrive that's right (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. Well, let's leave it there. Um, Thanks so much, Mary. If you want to ask a question or send us a note about uh, how you have gotten over some expectation that you've held tight and you've started loosening up on it, you can send us an email to Erin at riseandthriveshow.com or send it to Mary at riseandthriveshow.com. If you like what you're hearing, tell your friends about us. Connect with us. Join our conversation. You can go online. We're friendly and we like we new are. friends. Yes. We are. The website is riseandthriveshow.com. And once you're on there, you can see how to sign up for our newsletter. We'd love to have you do that. Um, and you can find us on Facebook at Rise and Thrive Show or uh, let's see, what else? Oh, go go to iTunes or Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast and and rave about us. Rave, leave us a review. That yes. helps other people discover this. So if you if you like what you're hearing, go for it. Thanks so much. Okay, we're 
We will be having many more conversations helping people through this recipe. And uh, thanks so much. Thanks to Daniel Zamzow, our sound engineer. For Mary Hayes Greco, I'm Erin Warhol. You just kick that door.